0: Everybody and welcome to We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast where we talk about conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. Who are we? I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. And today on our season two finale, we have two special guests with us. One Didn't this returning happened last guest- time. Yes, yeah, that's pretty much the way it happened last time too. That's a weird coincidence, isn't it?
1: And ironically, one of them is the same thing.
0: Yes, I was going to say, (laughs) returning, somebody you might remember from the Sort of Live from SoccerCon special that we went and did, our Season 1 finale, we have John, the Mega McHugh over here. How you doing, John? I'm doing good. I'm here. Kind of. Kind of thing concerns me a little bit, since, you know, we are known to have the undead here.
2: Just turn on the
0: phone. All right, all right. We'll go and uh, power up the hot tub for you in a little bit here. And also joining us, a new guest and somebody you guys are going to be hearing a lot more of in the near future. like to go and introduce a very special friend of ours and somebody that is motivated the same way that we were when we started this podcast. Uh, we have Joyce from uh, Shem Fatel's Lingering Concepts here. How are you doing, Joyce?
3: Doing Good.
0: excellent excellent (laughs) all right so since this is your first time we got to go and uh, give you the uh, rundown here we got to go and ask you all the important questions so uh just got to go and get these in the right order and if you go and miss one of them you will be dropped into the pit with the zombies so okay you ready you ready okay here we go so what was your first cosplay what was your first convention what got you into cosplay and
3: do you have a preferred cosplay style oh my gosh Okay, those are yeah, those are a lot of questions. Um, what first I don't <laughs> what first got me into cosplay? Well, I would love to say it was my two teenagers, but I was actually cosplaying way before they were even a blink of an eye. Um, first convention. Uh, it was a really small convention. In fact, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was up on Long Island in New York about twelve years ago, long time ago. And then, what was the other question? See, you went fast. You <laughs> went fast on purpose.
0: <laughs> yes, and you already got him in the wrong order, so you'll be joining the zombies later instead of the hot tub. Ah, game, sweet. Game. Yep.
3: <laughs> you yeah, would I can't say that. <laughs> can't write that fast.
0: <laughs> no, no. All right. No, the other questions, though uh, first cosplay, and do you have a preferred cosplay style?
3: Ah, uh, you know, my first cosplay. And that I'm not going to include, like, from when I was a small child, my Princess Leia. My first real actual cosplay was Expanded Universe Mara Jade from Star Wars. So, and my preferred okay, cosplay? Right. Yeah. My first, my preferred um, cosplay? I I really don't have one. I try to branch out and do all of them. I do love armor. Mass Effect, Renegade Fem Shep, that, you know, <laughs> That is my preferred style. She will stay with me. Anything in armor, yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: do you still have your first costume?
3: I unfortunately do not still have my first costume. It's a Was sad. that
1: on purpose or by accident?
3: No, it was actually by accident. Um, my friend had offered to store my stuff for me and decided it needed to go to the Goodwill because mm-hmm. she needed to clear space. So I lost my first costume. That's too bad. Yeah, it shouldn't. it happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the reason we ask is because we've asked that question to a couple different people. Um, some of them have been destroyed in the wash. Some have been ripped into tiny little pieces um, on purpose. I'm pretty sure one of us one one of our guests said they burned it. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and I log- and destroyed every photo uh, every single image of it, except for one which is hidden deep inside her computer.
3: Oh my gosh, that's sad, but it's funny, but it's sad. <laughs> no I had that one got sent off to a friend, and the saddest thing I think was after I did Mara Jade, I also did just a standard Jedi first costume i ever made by hand by myself and it was made out of silk i tried to get really authentic on that and the silk jedi robes along with the hand-built lightsaber also went to the goodwill so somebody out there somewhere has some really nice jedi stuff
0: (laughs) (laughs) now you're definitely right about that well, we're going to be coming back to you in a little bit because we know that you've uh, got some pretty serious stuff that you're going and uh, or that you have in the works. But we'll go and get to that after Cole does his thing. Cole, take the floor.
1: And Cole died. Nope, sorry. I, I, was, muted. I was muted.
3: Oh, I thought he,
1: I I, I, thought he... I, I, I I muted to burp and then I for some reason the button didn't work. Zombie pit (laughs) But anyway um, Okay And it's time to talk about the upcoming conventions For this week And of course before I do though I want to mention if anybody was at PAX This past weekend I hope you guys had a blast You wuggy bastards Now moving on to the conventions for this weekend For September 9th To the 11th We'll start off with MidoriCon in Oregon, Ohio. Um the Umicon Daytona was was going to be taking place in Daytona Beach, Florida, but that unfortunately was canceled. Carolina Anime Day was gonna is being held in Char- in Charlotte, North Carolina. And your minicon was uh, also was gonna be held in Columbus, Ohio, but that unfortunately also was canceled. Now moving on to Comic-Con conventions. We have the Wizard World Comic-Con in Richmond, in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Cincy Comic-Con in Covington, Kentucky. Oz Comic-Con in Sydney, Australia. And Florence Comic-Con in Florence, South Carolina. So if you, of course, are attending any of these conventions, remember, have fun, be safe, and of course, as always, follow the Ten Rules of Con. Robert?
0: All right, thank you very much there Cole. Very professional this week. very impressed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't even cheat. <laughs> didn't even need to cheat. Wow.
1: I'm impressed. Oh it only took two seasons.
0: Yep yeah, it only <laughs> yeah took it only took,
1: seasons. How many episodes did it take what, what episode is this? It's like 31. Really? Yep. geez okay, it only took 31 episodes before I could before I got it right. Congratulations. <laughs> And how much you want to bet the next time? We're gonna we're gonna be taking breaks, so uh, I'm gonna suck at the end of this. So <laughs> well, probably. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. So I don't have any Big Con
0: news uh, coming out this time around. I've seen a couple of stories on Facebook, but nothing I've been able to go and lock down and substantiate. So we're uh, we're gonna leave hearsay at hearsay and go and move on to the evening subject. Um. So anybody that's been listening to us since episode one knows that we really were motivated to do this really because of a discussion about cosplay culture and how much things have changed and what we need to do to keep things good and right for us, those who are cosplaying now, but... I will be honest, I feel like we kind of left out something that we really do need to focus I think a little bit more on as cosplayers and a little bit less selfishly, and that's on the next generation. What we're going and doing right now is going to affect what if anything kids in the future will be able to do. I mean, every couple of months you go and read some dumb article, it's not true <laughs> on the internet, about cosplay being made illegal in this state or in this province, all that kind of stuff, and
1: or mocking articles.
0: Yeah, exactly. But let's be honest here. Something could happen. If somebody goes and does something really bad, they go and get a media firestorm going behind them. Things c- or Conventions could be hurt because of this. And I think that we have a responsibility as the stewards of this current generation of cosplayers. To go and do more to go and make sure that the next generation is going to be able to go and do as much or possibly even have more freedoms to do what they want with this than what we're allowed to do right now. And that's part of the reason why Joyce is on with us. Uh, Joyce has been talking about for the last year now going and starting up a project that I'm very happy to go and say she's not only going to be starting, but is also going to be hosting as part of our YouTube channel as a contributor to Soccer Rangers. So, Joyce, we're going to let you take over and uh, tell everybody what your project is and where you're coming from.
3: Well, my project started... um, it's, I have two teenage daughters who really started to get into cosplay when they were about 9 and 11. And uh, we actually started out at SikoraCon, was their first convention. We did a couple others. Um, we tried AkiCon, but we've mostly stuck with SikoraCon, uh recently done PAX. But I've run into a lot of their friends have come over and... They ask a lot of questions. I get, um, will you talk to my mom? Will you please explain to my mom how this works? Because, frankly, their parents are terrified. They hear some pretty strange things about conventions. And I just want to maybe clear some things up and answer those questions and help them so the parents on their end are less afraid and they understand and can appreciate the culture and maybe support their kids a little bit more and their teenagers in their ventures in cosplay and costuming hmm.
1: another thing that i've also heard is a lot of people like they think it's like oh dressing up at a convention is that isn't that kind of weird and a lot of parents don't understand that i i know my parents back when i first started were like oh well, wait what <laughs> Oh, oh no. I, I, My parents love, um, or my mom loves. Your parents didn't cosplay. give a damn. Your, my your mom, mom helped I you. got my mom
4: into cosplaying She wants to cosplay uh, at the Expo She's going to do like a steampunk thing she's working on. So nice.
1: steampunk's yeah. really cool, though. I really want to do a steampunk costume at some point.
4: So my mom's going to start steampunk cosplay, and my sister's kind of got into it too, uh, because like now we're getting conventions here. And it's just like, well, it's the thing that I do I dress up and go to conventions So my sister started doing that too So she's been to the couple that have been here And now my mom's doing it too So,
2: it's like Dressing up like that's going to look really weird From the outside for anyone
1: Of course, especially people that don't really understand us
2: When I did my
1: first convention
2: Gosh, I was maybe back in high school my dad went with me. He uh, he was a foreigner to the outside just like I was, but um, he enjoyed it. He actually had a blast. Uh-huh. One of his favorite yeah. animes is Afro Samurai.
3: Nice. <laughs> and he good wanted, choice. At one
2: point, he wanted to cosplay Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, That's
3: awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I think my most vivid memory was this one of my daughter's friends were at Sakura Con, and I just remember her mother following behind her and going what what is this crazy thing you've brought me to she wasn't giving her mom any information on anything and because she wasn't communicating really well with her mother it was just a total train wreck and they ended up leaving she ended up in tears mom was just like she thought everybody that was there was crazy town and uh, so I think a lot of that needs to be de- demystified
2: yeah, yeah, they need to know what they need to be like. Brought up to speed, I believe, as well. It would be a good way of saying it. But, but yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, th- this Joyce, when you told me about this project that you were just kind of pipe dreaming about last year, I just thought it was the best idea. What, what, uh, what are you calling? Uh, what are you calling your segment that you're going to be doing again?
3: Oh, cosplay. The segment will be cosplay mom. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's gonna, it's gonna be that because I want people to know that I am a mom and I cosplay, but also I want, um, the parents to, you know, maybe their, their teenagers, you know, they see it and they, um, they say, Hey mom, check this out. You know, here's, here's a mom. She's got teenagers. You know, I am kind of old. I've been around for quite a while. I'm older than most people think, but maybe it will engage them and maybe bridge that gap.
0: I just think that's one of the best things possible. So you're planning on going and recording and posting next week. Have you decided on your uh, first episode subject?
3: Uh, You know, I'm still muddling through the mud, but um, I'm leaning towards just some basic, simple stuff. You know, what do you need to know when you go to a convention? Because literally these parents have no clue. They get there and they see the big forms and the waivers and they don't understand the minors' policies and um, I, I just think that needs to be cleared up and when they're dealing with a teenager who's not explaining that to them and they're frustrated because they just want to go have fun with their friends, um, I just, I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards that, getting some things cleared up on both sides.
4: Yeah.
3: Keeping it simple to start with just to get them yeah. hooked.
0: I mean, I... I got to be honest, I really wish that there had been something like this for me when I first got into cosplay, because I'll fully admit, my parents thought I was a freak for several years after I started doing this, just because I wasn't able to articulate what goes into this stuff until I got older. You know, anybody that's been listening to this knows that I've been doing this for a long time now, but when I was in high school and started doing this, I didn't really know how to communicate those points, and it all just kind of came off a little bit weird. Um, Not that my parents really care these days, but they're much more supportive of what I go and do now and actually see really how cool it is because I'm able to articulate the points now. But when I started, I was not capable of that. I don't know if you guys had that issue uh, just because you guys were older when you started going and doing it than I was. But, uh, John, what about you? I mean, were you able to communicate those points to your parents pretty well
2: at first or? Was that an issue for you, too? Honestly, it kind of wasn't because my mom always loved making costumes <laughs> because she would do them for the church or for plays, this, that, and the other thing, and then I found out about cosplay from you, Rob, mm-hmm. and then I got interested, and my mom's like, great, I'll make you a costume. Simple as that. <laughs> and as for uh, the guy was a minor then pretty close like year before i was yeah yeah old enough but so my dad went over actually because he wanted to see it as well because he wanted to understand it Mm -hmm. and he he thought it was cool he honestly enjoyed everything you see because when you get used to it you know everyone's looking out for each other which is Mm -hmm. cool yeah yeah, there's a few here and there but for the most part everyone's there to have fun and everyone's willing to help out each other if necessary Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is cool and they were accepting of it partially because my mom just liked the fact making a difficult, making a typical costume as a challenge. <laughs> so that was cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to demystify that. Uh, there's so many parents out there that are like, you're going to this thing where full-grown adults are dressing up. That's really weird, and it's creepy. And they need to just they need to just quit reading the horror stories that they hear coming out of, like, San Diego Comic-Con had a couple, you know, the last couple years, and they just think, wow, freaky, nerdy, like, what these people are. They actually think that some people are perverts that do this. And uh, I think there was some bad press on a couple TV shows, and they need to not yeah, see that
2: yeah those do not help at all <laughs> no big bang actually had a few episodes that kind of i think solidified a lot of these myth- myths unfortunately
0: can, can we can we all just go and openly go and say that the big bang theory is nerd blackface i i just want to throw that out there
1: i do like it. really
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: i'm standing by it <laughs> i'm not
1: <laughs> i like that show
4: <laughs> you know what i think about is um what even gets a worse rep is furry cons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I am friends Dude, with a couple of friends. <laughs> I actually live this with sucks. two. So.
3: And I think that came out on. Uh, there was a show where they profiled somebody who was a furry, but they. CS, they did uh, it.
1: C- that CSI was CSI, CSI the original CSI. Oh, oh
3: they yeah. did it.
1: Episode 36. Yeah. It's- the fact that you remember the numbers, I, I, pro- I applaud you, John.
2: I was a big CSI fan
1: back in the day. Wow. Uh, it used to yeah. be one of my favorite shows, but unfortunately I can only claim that with SG-1 and uh, Friends now.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it it cracks me up because they take the kids to the theme parks and, you know, somebody dressed up in a Winnie the Pooh costume is essentially a furry, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that well, thought just popped into my head.
2: Furry? What classifies the furry? <laughs> Is it any kind of bipedal animal, or is it only a furry? Animal? It
1: doesn't even mean need to be a costume. That's the thing. Okay. That's the the costume doesn't technically mean anything. It can just it can be simply just a pair of ears. Done.
3: Yeah. Oh wait, wait. So like college mascots it's... are furries?
1: No. No. It all it's it's a mentality, not a costume. Yeah. yeah.
3: And they need to understand that, and a lot of people don't. They just don't get it
1: exactly yeah. God, I got
2: into this amazing for the longest time I actually helped as a uh, in youth ministry at my church mm-hmm. and somebody found out that I uh, I liked anime and that I cosplayed and I was actually told from a person there that I shouldn't be doing it because all anime is porn
3: <laughs> oh jeez oh and you should
2: have seen I got into a great little debate with this guy I, I schooled him
1: mm-hmm. wow you should have tied him up and made him watch your anime <laughs> Well, it's like, if you're going to say anime is
2: porn, you might as well say everything's porn. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's
0: that's another thing as well, because I do believe, and I don't know if you guys go and notice the same thing, but there does seem to be a stigma, particularly towards anime conventions. Not so much Comic-Cons, because I still think the negative connotation with that one is just that they're all a bunch of, you know lonely white virgins that are never going to get laid i I think there's still a mentality about that that goes on but anime conventions seem to go and get a little bit of a worse rep than they really deserve i mean
2: partially because of the whole anime thing yeah with the stuff but honestly it's no different from any other tv show or movie you would see out there Yeah, no, I totally. That's all
1: mostly Western society, which has that too. Like, if you went to Japan and decided to dress up in costume, nobody would bat a fucking eye. Of
0: course (laughs) not. So yeah, Joyce, do you have anything else you'd like to go and say before we end this segment about your uh, upcoming cosplay mom plans or?
3: No, just
0: I'm just ask, uh, people,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be a positive thing. Um, it's, it's um, getting some help from the teenagers because <laughs> I'm old, <laughs> um, but they have some things that they want to get out there, and I'm just going to try and really be a voice for that and try and bridge this big gap and get get. Teenagers and parents and kids all on the same page, and just kind of open the world of that, and get rid of some stigmas and stuff, and in various things, you know, how to how to put together a costume, and uh, and how to help your kid put together a costume, or you know, con rules, and you need they need to realize that conventions and anime conventions aren't places where you babysit. Get involved, watch anime with your kids, and hopefully just bridge a big gap between. A lot of people.
0: Hmm. Well, we really applaud you, Joyce, and thank you for going and coming on board with us for this one. I'm really excited for this project, and I know it's going to be a good thing in the end. Like I hope that this podcast is for at least a few people.
2: <laughs> it is for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. We got to. We got one. We got Woo-hoo! one. Oh God, we've got one. Oh God. Cole, hit the oh. switch quick before we go. <laughs> before I start getting really depressed. What. Is. A. Fandom. Movies. TV. Anime. Web series. Anything can become one. But the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles every week we see who has what it takes to be the best it's rob's stone cold pick of the century for this week let's see who has what it takes to be it this week
1: you know what rob i i I, i'm gonna finally admit it i really really hate that theme okay cool let's blow it up
2: no don't
0: And he just turned into Mega Man and blew up my
2: tape recorder. I did the world a favor. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. Peace out, Omega Man.
4: <laughs> Wait, he's here all week, but he just peaced out. How? How is that possible?
2: <laughs> I don't know, but he just he, he walked out onto the patio
0: and is just striking a pose now. It's um, oh it. Both him. majestic and um, kind of depressing at the when same time. Does
1: the void the have a balcony? Thing. Yeah, I've got a balcony. But how? We're in a... Never mind. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently, this vehicle has a has a balcony.
4: You have you asked too many questions, Cole. Yeah,
1: yeah you're right. There's,
4: there's some things you just don't go and ask. There's just I some things you don't ask. As far
1: as out
4: right.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit! You should get the doctor on next her run uh, in season three. That'd be interesting. Anyway, though, even though. My recording has now been blown up and very likely never to be heard again. It still is time for Rob Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week. Also known as the Fandom of the Week. And this time around, we're getting a little bit military. So, recently we've heard about some delays in the Division DLCs and some much-needed updates to the system on there. And even though it's still, it's still a very popular property, uh, despite some of the issues on there, people are still loving it. If for only one reason, it's that Tom Clancy styling that Ubisoft does such a nice job with. I know we're talking about Ubisoft again. Please forgive us, folks. Hopefully, it's the last time. Until we out. out. <laughs> <honor! laughs> Yes, we've got the biggest Four Honor fanboy over here But that's not what we're talking about right now No, we're talking about Tom Clancy Video games, what's your favorite Which one inspired your imagination and which one Terrified the crap out of you, let's be honest here Some of those scenarios are just (sighs) So, who wants to go First Hmm, no hands Eeny, meeny, miny, shoot, kill
2: John, you're up. I really liked uh, that one ghost. Actually, no, I take that back. Um, Rainbow Six Vegas.
1: Ah, okay. That Rainbow seems to be a classic. Six...
2: Rainbow Six was always a cool theme, and I always thought it fit perfectly with Tom Clancy's stuff because it's like anti-terrorism unit. You're moving in. It's all strategic. It's not like COD where you just go in guns a-blazing. And I like the fact that of the game because the scenarios were very real and you had to think your way out of multiple situations. Mm-hmm. That's what was cool about it. Mm-hmm. And that's a game. I'll still go back and play.
0: That really is saying something. Cause that game's been out for a long time. And you know, there's been a dude? lot of updates to gameplay mechanics and, you know, but especially the last six years. Yeah. 2006. Yeah. That game's 10 years old now, but yeah, people just absolutely love that game, and I
2: totally get why. Because, unfortunately, Rainbow Six Siege was somewhat of a letdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only online play, and there's no campaign. And one of the fun parts about Vegas was that campaign. I'll say that's something I
0: definitely miss on there. I mean, I have I really have enjoyed the Rainbow Six games, but... Uh... They're definitely not the same as what they used to be, although I I feel like that's a franchise that has kind of lost a little bit of steam as time's gone along. Um, it's not my favorite of the Tom Clancy games, but I got to go and say Rainbow Six 3, um, still one of my favorite uh, intimate experiences with that kind of gameplay style. I just I love it. <laughs>
2: so anything else you'd like to go and add to that one john oh here's some cool trivia about rainbow six siege Mm -hmm. so did you guys ever hear about that rainbow six game that was uh in the works where it was about homegrown terrorism yeah yeah uh patriots patriots that got canceled rainbow six siege is the multiplayer from patriots yep I did not know that, actually. That's kind of fascinating. That is actually the truth. That's why the CPU enemies, because there's a their Hunt to terrorists came back, where it's your multiplayer mm-hmm. online, but you're going up against CPUs. That's why the terrorists don't fit at all for any of the scenarios, is because they're the enemy designs from that other Rainbow Six campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize as well is that um, Siege and The Division are actually linked. Oh.
2: I heard that, but I'm not sure. The
1: story sure. for the story there's a little bit of a backstory. There's a couple other things that work in with it, but the virus that is in the division mm-hmm. also jumps into other Tom Clancy games. Siege oh, being go. one of them.
3: Hmm.
1: Huh. Fascinating.
3: I-, I can actually see that a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I'm just kinda curious here. So, Joyce, I know that you play the division. Is that gonna be your pick or is there another Tom Clancy title that really goes and just speaks to you?
3: You know, I right now I just it's the division. I just I love it. I don't it's I can't say enough about it's amazing. I just enjoy it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also a sniper and I headshots (laughs) So it's a it's a household competition <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah for for me personally um i don't know i've i've played a, i'm looking forward to try out wildlands personally and mm-hmm. i played future soldier back when it first came out
3: mm-hmm.
1: but i don't know i think yeah for right now i haven't played the division in about four months uh hmm and so I and so I haven't played since before the first uh, update for it. Well, I I maybe played for the first week or two, I think. I know I'm max level except for in uh, the campaign. So I don't know. It's been
0: forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the question is here. So, Cole, what's uh, what's your favorite Tom Clancy title? Because I know you just live and breathe everything Ubisoft. So you gotta. You, you probably got uh,
1: I'm actually not a huge fan of shooters oh. um, I would probably have to go at this point in time I would have to go with uh, The Division at the moment just because it's one of the few games that I've played and I think the main reason why I like The Division so much is because it's, it's uh, third person hmm. third person yeah. Um, I've never been a fan of first person shooters. I never have. Um, I'm pretty, yeah, and I think the first third person shooter I ever played was with Tyler, and that was Gears of War 2.
4: No, uh, remember we used to play that Goldeneye game. Uh, was it Goldeneye? Well, no, it was. Well,
1: Goldeneye uh, is first person, though. Like, um, Goldeneye no, that, is,
4: not, 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 not the N64 Goldeneye. Uh, yes, I know
1: exactly what you're talking about, but that's first person.
4: The, the, uh, the other one. Um, next bond game remember when that came out and we had like a co-op we could play with
1: oh the one we played it was zach yeah that was oh god it was with the with the tiny little machines i'm trying to remember the name i'm gonna look up the name of the game here
4: um i remember playing that and i remember i always had to do all the shooting in the game and you had to do all the technical stuff because you couldn't shoot Yes, and, I sucked at, at shooting at that point. And in that game, it had the same shooting mechanic that Siphon Filter had, and I played Siphon Filter a bunch on my PS2. Um, so
1: Everything or I, nothing.
4: So I, I instantly, jumping into that game, I I had all the, the same skill mechanics about shooting that were already from the other one, so I, I had no problem learning how to shoot in that game because I definitely already knew how to do it. So... <laughs> I, was, I, was, I did all the shooting and you did all the bomb defusal and whatever other things we had to
2: do.
1: <laughs> that's very, very true. One so, top-clancy
2: yeah. game I always enjoyed was uh, Old School Splinter Cell.
3: So. <laughs> oh, that was good. It's been a while, See, but that was good.
2: <laughs> that's
0: still my favorite. I can't say I've really been in love with what they've done with the game in recent years. Uh, it's become a little too... I I won't say run and gun, but it's a lot less tactical than it used to be. Uh, I kind of stumbled upon Splinter Cell because I'd gotten really into the Metal Gear Solid games, went and had the PS1 release, uh, and went and had uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 at the time on my Xbox um, original generation, and... I just really uh, came to love that uh, stealth combat scheme that was in there and a friend recommended Splinter Cell because he went and said instead of being stuck in these narrow hallways, you really did have some variability in how you go and get through a lot of the scenarios. They were kind of limited on just with the level designs that they went and had inside of uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, rented it at the local Hollywood video and... Um, Then proceeded to not go and turn it in and paid a very hefty late fee. (laughs) (laughs) I was that in love with that game. That, That was so cool. And then the following two were just the height of imagination in terms of gameplay design. That was one of the few games from the PS2, original Xbox, GameCube generation that I really felt like Ubisoft had just nailed start to finish. And I became a fan of Ubisoft because of those games. So, mm. that's, uh, that's
4: my piece. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm. Mm.
4: So I gotta say it. Um, I literally have never played a Tom Clancy game. Well, yeah,
0: no. I, I'm kind of surprised.
4: I also don't play first-person shooters or shooters in general. Like the only kind of, I guess I play third-person third person shooters, um, like uh, like Gears of War. I played
1: a bunch of. Um, you used to play. I you did used to play a Tom Clancy game. I know you did because we I used to play it at your house. Which one? Tell me. Uh, Splinter. No,
4: that was Siphon Filter. Was it? Yep, for PS2. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the other one is I played Siphon Filter and I played Gears of War. Um, yeah. I think,
1: I think I that's I do wanna it. try out Wildlands when it comes out though. Oh,
4: oh what was that game? Um, the game that was by Flying People Studios, the uh, uh, it was the one that you get Gears of War three beta on. Um,
2: Bulletstorm.
4: Yeah, Bulletstorm.
2: Oh, it's, that wasn't interesting... it. I only got that for the Gears of War beta.
4: <laughs> yeah. I like Bulletstorm. It was fun. Like, because that was the they whole point mean, of Bullet was... Storm was just, like, to be ridiculous in that game.
2: Bulletstorm did a good job of making up new curse words.
4: <laughs> yeah. I guess I played Quake and Doom. But, like, I don't really have a very extensive shooter. Games. So, yeah, I just I just don't really play a whole lot of them. So I can't. I, so I've never actually played like a Tom Clancy. I've played COD, but like it was never an extensive amount. It was always just like because uh, everyone always had COD, so it would just have been on at one time or another, and. I just happened to have played it that time, like that one time, so, or I watched people play. So it's not very exciting. Like I, I got nothing. That's 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 all I got to say. Is I've never played a Tom Clancy game. Never really played COD games. So, yeah. That uh, is. Z- 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 is that enough to add? Is, is that mm-hmm. anything? I, I can do a Sean Connery impression because Hunt for Red October <laughs> is by Tom Clancy.
0: Yeah, That's sure. Let, cool. Let's go and uh, let's have a little bit of that while we go and roll into
4: uh, uh summoning. The game is a uh right, pretty girl. I'm it. <laughs> We're back. I'll I'll read my how would I read my anime intro in Sean Connery's voice.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, I just have a question though. Where's um, where's the zombie band? I um, I don't see them anywhere. So there's a little bit of a problem.
4: Uh, it turns out, did our lease
1: on on the ne- on, on our necromancer run out?
4: Yes, they were leased. It turns out that necromancy is on a leasing program, and we no longer have the rights. For the zombies, because the lease. I thought, we, I
1: thought we had a deal with Ebs, though.
4: That Ebs hasn't been back, so we haven't been able to renew our lease. So, good point. We we don't have a zombie band. We do have a tape recorder in this. No, we box.
0: had a tape recorder because Mega McHugh over here went and blew it up.
4: Wait, oh.
0: is there a boombox in your helmet?
4: There is always a boombox. I'm the black parenter. I got beats all the time.
0: Alright. Come over here. Come over here. Just all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I just need to go and figure out
2: where to go and shove the wire. Um there is the right underneath the panel.
4: <laughs> Somehow you plugged it in the coal. I don't even know how that's possible. That's just poor aim. <laughs> but
2: if you plug it into the wrong one, you're gonna shut off the bomb that blows
0: the- uh, Okay, well we're gonna go and take a chance here, because um Honestly, we're going and running out of money going and paying for this big thing. So, uh, you know, if the limo blows up, eh, no big deal to me. All right. I'm shoving it in. Here we go. Ah, it's time for
4: the Tyler's Anime Corner. Now, in Tyler's Anime Corner, once a week, I, Tyler, ask a question about anime. My friends come up with an anime to fit that question. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's just plain weird. What it always is is very exciting. This week's question is What would be a perfect starter anime? Let's see what anime my friends come up with in this week's Thailand's Anime Corner. So, what would be a perfect starter anime? Mm. What are you guys feeling? (laughs) What's what's what you feel? What comes deep from out? Inside your hearts, there in your heart, (laughs) the spaces where you keep your hearts.
0: Who is breathing into their microphone?
4: I don't know. I heard it too. It wasn't me, I was muted. Or maybe you weren't muted and you didn't know it. So, Cole, 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 yes, yes. With your very unextensive knowledge of anime, I guess what would be a good starter anime? Like, what would you suggest to yourself? Because clearly you haven't
1: started watching anime. Oh. Yeah. Um right. take it. I'm going to jump uh. back to some of my absolute favorites just mostly because I <laughs> uh, because I don't know. I'm trying to remember what the first anime I the first anime I think I ever really watched was Digimon. But I don't know if that would be a good one to and I, I don't I don't know. Mm. I don't know if that would be a good one to start with. Mm. Personally for me. I would find, just because I really, really have been enjoying it, I would say Food Wars right now.
4: Food Wars? You say that's a starter Mostly anime? Mostly due
1: to the fact that it's current, currently updating its second season. So uh,
4: So you're saying maybe start an anime that it's currently airing right now, so people kind of get in the idea of how that works?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only other, The only issue with that is it might shock people a little bit
4: oh, so then maybe it's not a perfect start.
1: Right? Yeah, I just thought of that actually now because considering that the like it food in that... And the, yeah, because considering the food will literally knock people's clothes clothes off.
4: Yeah, or the whole concept of them just making really good food.
1: And where one of the biggest people in cooking literally bares his chest when he likes something.
4: Yes. Yes. So you're going to say No.
1: That's no, I'm, I'm going to change so. my mind on that one. I'm going to go with uh, with Brotherhood with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood, okay, okay. Especially the first, especially the first arc, so. Hmm. Hmm.
4: Okay. Okay. I actually, I have, I have a counterpoint to yours, and I was <laughs> going to say the original Full Metal Alchemist. That is a good point too. Because, because this is why I say it. Brotherhood was sort of written the first half of it, assuming that you already watched the other one. True. So it is kind of rushed, and it still hits the key points, but in... quicker. So... Yeah, I feel like you gotta watch the first one, like the original one, and then get that story out there, and then go watch Brotherhood, which rushes through the beginning, which everyone already knows. But that still hits the key points that you feel uh, in less detail, and then expands the world. So the first one you learn about Edward and Alaric, Edward or Alphonse and Edward, um, and then you get kind of the relationship with them about them as characters, because the first one mostly focuses on them, where the second one mostly focuses on like the expanded world and everything. So you kind of have to watch it in that order, but. I feel full metal is a good balance of action, drama, suspense, comedy, and a third one, or mm. a, another genre that you can fill in yourself.
0: Mm. I it kind of touches to all those things, doesn't it? It definitely does. Um I don't know. I've gotten in some debates with people over on which Full Metal Alchemist series is better, and I will go and say the conclusion to Brotherhood, especially the second season of it, is vastly superior to the original. Um, But that being said, I do have to be honest. When I first started watching it, I was a little disappointed. A character like Hughes, for example, anybody that I know that watched the original was just... Absolutely beside themselves when, spoiler alert, Hughes dies.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. That was so well-written and so well-animated in the original. And it's just kind of over in a flash in Brotherhood. And, yes. yeah, they, yes. they didn't give you the same kind of ability to go and attach yourself to the characters uh, there. I mean, and that was this is kind of a weird thing. I tell people watch the first season of full metal alchemist and then go and start up on brotherhood at like episode 12 or something like that. That's a good idea. Cause it's basically season one of full metal alchemist goes and ends, uh, right with Hughes's death. But then I think everything after that in brotherhood is really where it, uh, starts to go and shine. So it's like, yeah, you kind yeah, of watch yeah, both yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's my thought on that one, anyway.
4: <laughs> no, so I, I feel like you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they come as a pair, and you gotta watch them that way. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's a great starter because it's got horror, it's got like people dying, it's got suspense, it's got drama, it's got action with people fighting, but it's also got a lot of comedy in it too, mm-hmm. and kind of coming of age stuff. So it's just like it's just good all around. It's just got like kind of has everything. Um, how how about um, how about uh, you other two? uh, Who wants? Did you feel like you have an other idea of like what would be a good star anime? I got
2: a few. Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. Take it away, John. John. Straight up Pokemon anime. Really, Pokemon. Heck yeah, I went back and watched and I was like, dang, this is actually pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. The animation's a little lackluster, but it's still solid.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, like, the first, I think it's uh, six production (laughs) seasons where it's actually done by a different studio than who's doing it now. And they were actively working on those scripts and trying to come up with a continuous series at that point it wasn't just oh it's a marketing tying in thing to a video game now
2: have you read seen this anime now for um for x and y Mm -hmm. i have not oh it's fantastic is it really yeah Uh, because it's uh what what is the villain organization in x and y i forget
0: oh that's um what was that
2: was no it's not team plasma
1: um no
0: is that uh team Flare.
1: I no, that was for Alpha. which what are we talking about are we talking
0: uh, Pokemon X and Y what was the what was the evil organization Galaxy. what was their team
2: rocket
1: Galactic, galactic
2: that's it thank you uh, it's like a two freeway two-way battle between rocket and galactic
0: interesting
2: and what I really like about it was there's this the evolved version of the Pokemon pumpkin blue mm-hmm. um, is actually a Pokemon that uh, Jesse gets Mm-hmm. And some of the funniest stuff actually comes off screen from those two because the Pokemon's an exact copy of her. So there's just some pretty funny facial expressions.
0: Oh, that's freaky.
2: But yeah, it's it's cool, and I I really enjoy it. But another anime I'd say would be great for someone to get into would be Naruto.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. For a starting one, okay, yeah. Yeah, why not? It's good. It's got action. It's got humor. It's got a plot. It's got enough to keep you interested. And once your taste matures, you can go on to Shupiden, or you can continue with it. Either way, it's good.
0: I will go and say, especially with Naruto, I mean, the first 60 or so episodes, the pacing is really fantastic on there. I I think you may have nailed it right there, because that's one that a young person could go and appreciate. But I also think that there is enough appeal for an older demographic to be able to really delve into that one.
2: And they do a good job of introducing all the characters off the bat, so... There's not a lack of people, characters for people to like, mm-hmm. you know, you got the main four, but they do a good job introducing everyone else. Mm-hmm. And when a loss actually happens, it hurts.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Like Mm-kay. one of my favorite parts, one of the favorite arcs from the original Arido run would have been when um, they were helping out that uh, village. I was being hound- that was building the bridge and they were being hounded by. Um, oh, yeah. 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 That was a great arc. Because, honestly, you, you end up not liking Zabuza, but then towards the end, you kind of you feel for the guy. Yeah.
4: Tell us that. That's just the first arc, isn't it? Like it's, Yeah.
2: Yeah, because, like, and everything like, I
4: remember of Naruto is, like, it just goes into that. That's, like, the starting of it is they go. And then the bridge is named after him, and then that's just the
2: start of it all. Because that's when he was, like, 12, and then Shippuden takes place when he's, like, 18, isn't it? No,
1: no three years later.
2: Three years it's later. Three
1: years later, so he's 15.
2: Shubadun was fantastic.
0: With the exception of all the fillers.
2: Yeah. I
1: never finished it. I never I mean, got around to it. There's the last or... Naruto movie.
2: Nope. That... I still haven't. I need to. I'm actually happy with the way things ended up in that universe. Uh,
1: I, guess I think I've read spoiler. too much fan fiction. I
2: think I might I have guess, it for myself. I guess spoiler territory about him and... Her. Naruto and hide, Hinata, Hinata, Hinata hide yeah. up a thing, and I'm actually okay with that. Everyone's like, no, Sakura, and I'm like, that was never going to happen. Oh, it never was. I'm kind of glad it didn't. <laughs> but yeah, those are mine.
1: Hmm.
4: Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I, like I get both that. Well. It's like also <laughs> saying uh, One uh, one Piece would be also a good starter, I guess. Yeah. But it's uh, no, I don't know, because it's it's a little overwhelming because it's still just so many episodes.
2: Yeah, well, and it doesn't it hold the world record for most seasons.
0: No, no. There's a couple of other shows that uh, have that. I think it is the longest running uh, primetime series or uh, longest running Japanese primetime series uh, by episode order. But I don't even know about seasons necessarily on there. I'd have to go and look it up. I know that stuff's kind of awkward. It's got the longest fans.
4: scripted uh, episodes now, because hmm? it's it's got more than The Simpsons. I know that. Yeah, but there's a there's
0: a show that um, I'm trying to remember what the heck it's called. Uh, it's been running for like 24 years in Japan, oh. and it's like it's like a kids show. So it's it's a bit of a oh. different circumstance there, but it's got. I'm trying to remember to save my life, but I, I think it's up to like 1200 episodes or something like that. I was hear, I was hearing this on an anim, or I was hearing about it on an animation podcast and it's like even the creator has completely disowned the property cuz it's like it started off as a nice thing, but after like the 400th episode, I just can't even look at myself in the mirror. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll i go and look that up and uh, Go and get you the name on that while we're uh, Recording here still but it's One Piece I don't know if that would be a great Starter though like I think that you could go and say That Naruto would be a good one because You can find out which episodes are Fillers and it clearly moves itself Towards a conclusion One Piece really doesn't have one in Sight that's one you need to go and commit your entire Life to
2: and people have done It
0: yeah no kidding
4: Yeah,
2: uh,
4: I guess so. It's well, like I don't know, but it, it's still very kid-friendly. Yeah, like the way it is. Um, well, oh, is it guess, Sazisen? Hm? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, guess how far off you are with episodes? How, how far off am I? It's got it's got more than this. They basically just put a plus side at the end of it. It's seven thousand four hundred. Oh my god. <laughs> Plus. So it's more than that.
1: Wait, wait. Hold on. What are we talking wait, about?
4: Seven seven Cole, listen, for God's sake.
1: Oh my so, god. <laughs> I had I had to stop off for a second. What? <laughs> are we talking about yes. One Piece again? No. <laughs> no. We're talking about Sazi Sun. <laughs> okay, never heard of that thing, so whatever.
4: Yeah, it's like a kid's kinda animated cartoon show, so it's like comic strips and such and it started in 1946 (laughs) wow my god so the Uh, information i heard was completely wrong (laughs) well the tv show started in 69 but like the manga started in in 46 uh 69 and it's still going crazy how's that even possible
0: Japan recycles ideas more than any other uh, nation or continent on the planet.
2: That is true. (laughs) Look (laughs) at Colin.
4: Hmm. Hmm. So it's, it's the original comic strip was written by a girl. Yeah. And she died in 1992 at the age of 72. Okay, so that's that part at least
0: went matched up on there. I didn't realize it was a girl, but that part I'd heard. So, okay, so they got one part of that right for that other animation podcast. <laughs> yeah, that one part. Th- thanks a lot, Pizza Party Podcast.
2: <laughs> Pizza Party
0: Party. Name drop. Yep. Yep. Way to go, guys. Way to go.
2: And they try.
0: Yeah. Clearly not hard enough. Surprised by Not really. Um,. I don't know. This is kind of a tough one you're going to ask in here, Tyler, because I, I don't know. I, I Maybe you guys are thinking about it from a different direction than I am here, but I'm trying to think about an anime that has cross-generational appeal, something that somebody that was young could go and watch and enjoy, but something that, you know, somebody in their adolescence or even later adulthood could go and appreciate. And I, I keep going back to one. Um, that unfortunately I've talked about here before. Oh, wait. No, 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 only serial killers and crack addicts can go and enjoy that show. I've talked about it too. It's okay.
2: I have proof of your costume.
0: It's. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Okay. There's no judgment about this here. There's no judgment about this here. We
2: should do it again. No. We have the resources. No. We can
0: do it better.
2: No. It would be amazing.
0: Probably. We could get Cole's dog patched. Cole, you've been recruited. You've been voluntold. What? Uh, <laughs> if you weren't paying enough attention to find out, you're just going to go and find out later.
1: I refuse. Anyway.
0: <laughs> right. So I was trying to think about something that would have cross-generational appeal. Something that wouldn't necessarily have uh, controversial or age-appropriate content, uh, but could appeal cross-generationally. And uh, I'm just curious: has anybody else here seen uh, Nadia and the Secret of Blue Water?
2: Yeah. So okay. Water.
0: Yeah, we got we got one. Nadia and the Secret of Blue Water.
4: Yeah. No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, that's a shame. It's a little bit of an older one. And this is the only thing that worries me a little bit is that younger kids might not go and appreciate the uh, uh, early 90s, late 80s style of animation. But it was a series inspired by Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea And really goes and takes things to a different, or it really goes and takes things in a bit of a different direction, saying that it was inspired by is probably about as loose of a statement as I can make there, uh, without going completely overboard. But, um, God, I I don't know how much I can go and say without going and making a big spoiler here. Um, The show itself is set in the 1890s in France, and stars a young inventor and... Kind of a wild woman is probably the best way of going and putting it. And the hilarious adventures they go on. Um, I swear it also has the inspirations for Team Rocket uh, as well inside of there. <laughs> there's a there's a couple of characters. I'm not joking here. I go and see uh, Jesse James and Meowthin every time they're on screen.
2: They're amazing, though.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they're great. Well, at
2: first, you think they're not going to count for anything in the series. And then...
0: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're comic relief. And then, oh, hey, they're actually kind of useful. i um, not oh, forget the
2: villain.
0: Yeah, oh, God, Gargoyle, the villain for that one. He's one of those characters that you just love to hate.
2: But he's terrifying.
0: Yeah, he's terrifying. He's got his own agenda. He's not... I hate to go and say this, anime in particular seems to have this uh, overly common trope where they go and make a really kind of basic looking villain but he turns out to be this ultra powerful freak of nature and all that stuff and he's just a a tactical genius but not in a way that calls attention to himself he's just a very understated character that you never actually see the face of throughout the whole thing this is the dr claw of anime
2: and it's cool. All this in- his introduction was beautiful mm-hmm. because he has the means to back it up, but he's he's kind of like a Lex Luthor. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great analogy like, right there. He's he's suave. He thinks five steps ahead, and he he's always got this calm demeanor, which is really cool in anime. Yeah, like there are some really good scenes between him and a few other characters in that franchise. Yeah, like he's not afraid. It's really cool. Yeah, th- this was a series that I saw when I was, like, 18.
0: Uh, this was one of ADV's first platinum collection box sets back when anime box sets were really uncommon at the time. They were still charging 30 bucks for four episodes on DVD. Part of the reason why I think the anime economy kind of fell apart there uh, as soon as streaming services became available. But uh, I saw it when I was 18 and I will fully admit I had never seen an episode or I should say a or any of the movie versions of 20,000 leagues under the sea. I'd never read the book or anything like that. After watching that series all the way through, I had to go back and actually go and pick up a copy of 20,000 leagues and just go and read it. The two are really completely different, but I loved going and seeing what points they took inspiration from to make this series. i it really got me into Jules Verne books, to be honest. I really loved what that anime did for me. And the writing for it, I really do think, has cross-generational appeal. So that would be my pick. Ooh,
4: that's interesting. It's one I gotta check out, then. Nadia, the yes. spirit of
0: blue water. Yeah, I, I gotta warn you, though. Um, the opening theme for it will get stuck in your head. It's not like one of those overly catchy things. It's just that epic <laughs> kind of 80s uh, theme song that just never leaves you. Mm.
4: Mm. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> hey,
4: that's another good one. No. <laughs> hey, I started with that. <laughs> Did Joyce have one she wanted to say?
3: Oh, I've been racking my brain. I've been trying to think of what my kids started with, what I actually sat down and watched with them. That because I just keep, like I said, keeping up with their fandoms is hard. But I started with them on Black Butler, actually. <laughs> I I know it's like so generic, like everybody. Oh, Black Butler. Um, but they well, like, started.
4: Uh, like, is that the one? Because, like, is that the one you one that you want them to see first?
3: Um, not necessarily for younger kids. Um, it's just kind of dark. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot of dark issues, so that's not a good starter for young people. I stick with Pokemon like early generation Pokemon <laughs> mm-hmm. watch it with your kids and then they can understand how to play Pokemon go <laughs> you know, uh, a stupid
4: <laughs> I think the whole question is like who 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 is it you're in- introducing to anime to so like if you're trying to find someone who's in like if it's a little kid then yeah you yeah. can suggest things like Pokemon or something younger like that or if it's someone in their teens if you wouldn't try and suggest Pokemon yeah. they probably scoff and say, oh, no, check out these animes. These are more adult, and it shows that anime isn't always kitty." Or if it's someone in their 20s, and you're like, oh, no, you got to check out this one. And it could be something really graphic or really...
3: Yeah, uh, that's, where I, that's where I get stuck, because I'm thinking what what would be good for... Because I like for the younger ones, start with Pokemon. If you want to watch it with your parents. I know my girls went through an AnyaSha phase. They're quickly out of that one. Uh, Samurai shampoo for older, and Claymore. I really liked Claymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Titan.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, that was yeah. Okay, I'm over the whole Attack on Titan thing. It was great, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Never bothered watching it. It's I'm for the. Uh... For the political
2: thing that goes in and out through it. Just watching things and figuring it out. And then you really get to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. That's what I like yeah. about it.
4: Has anyone watched Angel Beats? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would also be a good starter one.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be.
4: Yeah. Because it's it's really funny. But it's also got some really touching moments. And then yeah. it's got some real um mess your with your head moments at the very end. So it's it's equal parts funny yet serious yet heartwarming yet mess with because it's mm? that's yeah, so I think Angel Beats would also be one to kinda of start it's it's just like I want ones what I would always suggest is ones that are they've they've kind of got a little bit of everything uh and then so that like you want something that's really, it's it's like the first one's always free. So you gotta give them get someone who's starting into anime something that's like they can bite into and see all the very different genres that are in an anime. It's not just a kids' TV show. It's not just cartoons. It's could be anything. So I try and find ones that have like a good, uh, good dose of various genres of like being funny, but also being actiony, but also being kind of heartwarming and sentimental or um that that's kind of what i look for when i try and suggest like what's a good anime to start with is and when all
2: else fails suggest dragon ball z kai oh yeah all the action no fillers yeah because i i i go back and watch dragon ball z for the heck of it
4: Well, that's another thing is like kind of what degree of anime are they getting into? Because like, I feel like everyone's watched Dragon Ball and everyone's also seen Pokemon. Yeah. Um, So are these people that have never watched like an anime or cartoon in their life and then TV is like foreign to them, then it's a big stepping stone to get into anime right after off the bat.
2: Yeah, you got to find that one thing that gets you (laughs) interested.
4: Super
1: religious family. (laughs)
2: So oh. I they've already watched things like Dragon Ball Z
4: or, well I guess if they're too young then they haven't seen Dragon Ball Z because um, if they're that young then you can basically just show them cartoons in general and get them into that kind of stuff and then seep that stuff into their brain and slowly mold them into perfect little otakus
2: <laughs>
4: buy them their first body pillow
3: you know, I actually recommended Sword Art Online to a f- uh, family, and uh, they really enjoyed it. was it, a, yeah. a good series. Yeah. They liked it because it was just easy for them to understand, and it wasn't overwhelming, and it was kind of mellow, and then they started to delve off into other things.
2: Mm. One series I remember watching with my... Um, my dad actually, late at night on Toonami way back in the day, was a Roni Kenshin. Uh. And we both enjoyed it. I mean, um, the humor, it was well balanced. The action wasn't over the top. It was good. I mean, we both enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, I still remember the very first anime. It was a movie, I believe, manga anime, but it's like way old. So <laughs> it will definitely date me if I. So it's actually the, the Mini Adventures of Unico. It's like from the 70s.
1: <laughs>
2: Sounds familiar.
3: Dude, I'm not even kidding you. I just remember being like seven years old and seeing it on the screen, and it was the first time I'd ever seen anything animated, like Japanese anime. And it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember when that got released on DVD, and it was like this.
3: I know, I tried to go back and rewatch it, and I was like, what was I thinking? But I was a small <laughs> child.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that was back in the uh, Speed Racer G-Force era. I mean, it's gotcha-man. You gotcha-man
3: Locked. Yep. I remember that. So you just, you have to have an appreciation, and it's kind of nostalgic, but... <laughs> Maybe, like, the uh, the parents would appreciate that. The kids would probably be like, what is this?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently a gelato stand is serving a soft serve named Pikachu.
1: Hmm.
2: And the caption is, this is what happens when you transfer a Pokemon to the professor in Pokemon Go. Ooh. Uh,
3: small children crying.
4: <laughs> well, anyways, 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 that's three drinks right there. Uh, I feel like we kind of learned a little bit there uh, I learned about a new one Nadia The Secret of the Blue Water I've never heard of that one before but it's on my list now um, and then kind of how to start watching anime if you're just a little kid getting into it or if you're an adult who wants to, something more serious and wants to find out that anime is more than just cartoons there's a whole list of things there now Uh All of which, who's probably listened to this podcast, they have already uh, watched. (laughs) But they can suggest... Considering
1: some of them are mentioned over and
4: over and over again. But now they have ideas of how to suggest something to their friends who don't watch anime and probably want to get into it. Or they want them to get into it so they can have someone to cosplay with.
2: One thing I will say about this generation... It's a heck of a lot better, easier to find animated than it was when I was younger. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's a little easier for him. So that's good trying to remember where i got i was able to start watching anime I, I remember watching a whole bunch of different ones when i was a little bit younger i don't know saturday cartoons and no, then they had like like i remember when i first got, got the actual internet somebody suggested to me a tube um it was like a listing site of different animes and i randomly clicked on a whole bunch of them i was like okay what well, can i read when i watched the pilot episodes for about a whole crap ton of different animes just trying to figure out ones that i liked and I think I might have got it. It was like anime something. It was like a huge anime list. It had links to different tube sites.
4: Crazy. I don't know. I used to have to just find my animes in different ways. I watched the entire Darker Than Black on like a first-gen iPod Touch because it was all on YouTube, and that's the only way I could get it. So it's dedication. Dedication. So anyways. That's that's my section. We learned some things today. So <laughs> I feel I feel proud of that.
2: I feel proud that, of that kids is how you kill Superman.
0: Thank you Gargoyle.
2: That means Cole,
4: it's time for you to do that really gross thing you do. Okay. Oh God, I'm not going to watch this time.
1: You know what? Because don't it's don't the much. because because it's the season finale. I'm going to go all out. He's going to take it all out. Oh my god! Cole, oh god! <laughs> ah, <laughs> I'm a bone table, bitch. Oh god! there's Turn still into some a flesh bone in table. Doghouse. Yep, I'm clean white bone with teeth. Yeah.
0: This is by far the most disturbing thing to ever happen on
2: this podcast. Goodbye, everybody. See you in season three. Rob just jumped out the window.
1: Yeah, oh. that oh, that was actually the goal. So let's continue on. But when did? Wait a second. Isn't he driving? Someone was driving this thing. Yeah, Robert was supposed to be driving this thing.
4: Yeah, oh, be we've fine. been parked like here for like the last half an hour. We haven't been moving at all.
1: Really? Okay. Anyways. God, you need to pay attention to things. Well, you can't really tell if you're moving in this void in the first place.
4: You're a table. Stop talking. Start saying things. What? <laughs> What is this section? Make What's up your on?
1: fucking mind! Gaming thing, go.
0: Don't forget the theme song again!
1: Hey, do you like video games, board games, role-playing games, just literally any kind of game you can think of? Well, welcome to the Game table, where we're going to talk about all about those things and more, Ranges from topics such as new releases, current events, social trends, and old favorites. So if any of that interests you, then... Let's see what you bring to the table. Somebody throw a rope at Robert so he can actually come back up. All right, got him. He's here.
2: He's scooping off off the ground with one arm. He's a monster. I'm Mega
1: Man, bitch. (laughs) Robert, get your ass over here.
0: (laughs) I'm back in the car. Good. For fear of my life.
1: I still don't understand how I can fit in this thing as a table. But anyway. So this week, I wanted to talk about, well, the thought for this came from, well, from John, because he was talking about how, well, John, you're, of course, a huge fan of Dark Souls, correct? Yes. I I guess huge fan is technically an understatement, but but I'll I'll make use of it. Yes. Um but the, you were talking about when you can when we got on this call about the new DLC for for uh, Dark Souls that just got announced.
2: Yeah, that that's going to drop in October 24th. Uh, okay. Ashes of Ariandra. It's going to be yes. one of the first uh DLCs that they're going to release for the game. When it comes to his games, he doesn't just add patch. He adds patches. But he'll these DLCs, he takes time to develop. This is coming from the guy that pushed the game back two months just because he wasn't satisfied with the targeting for one boss.
1: Mm. Okay, well, 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 the main thing I wanted to talk about as well, because everybody in this room is play, ha, plays video games of some sort. All of us have played DLC. But there are some DLCs, especially lately, in the last few years, that have been pissing off a lot of people. A lot of them are including Day 1 DLC or game-continuing DLC that just like changes an ending or something. Or, I don't know, just stuff along those lines. And I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts are.
0: I don't know. This is a nuanced topic right here, because I... I mean, I'll say I've got a lot of issues with DLC, because a lot of content that... We're now being put in a position where we have to choose if we go and buy it or not. It used to be stuff that you would work to go and unlock inside of the games. They used to go or yeah, just things like alternate character costumes in games like DOA or or slightly better fight. weapon. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. It used to be something you would have to go and work or go and hit an achievement point to go and unlock it inside of a game. And it's like they're charging me a buck ninety nine for something that probably already has its code in the game. That kind of stuff drives me a little bit nuts.
4: Mm. I
0: do understand the need for it, though. I mean, the reality is, with the exception of a $10 price increase between uh, what I would go and consider really to be first-generation disc-based games to what we're doing right now, the price of video games really has not kept up with the cost of development, it's costing a lot more to make these games. The profit margins are getting thinner, although sometimes you do have a AAA title that goes and makes back all of its money in one day. You know, Destiny, The Division, Grand Theft Auto 5, one of those sort of things. But for a lot of developers, I do get the necessity behind it. It's a really tough and nuanced thing. Um, I don't know. It, this is just such a hard topic to go and talk about.
2: Well, if I could add something to that, yeah, go for it. DLC is a necessity, but it also acts like a double-edged sword too, as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because then you got guys that introduced games, and they push the game to get it out onto the market, and it ends up it's a broken game. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, "Hey, if we get it out now, we can at least get it out there before the rush and fix it later with a DLC." Mm-hmm. Uh. It- I don't know. Well, that's more of
4: an in-game update sort of situation. Yeah, I think that's the difference between DLC and patches. So there's patches oh, yeah. that fix games. DLC adds content to the game. Yeah. That wasn't initially there.
2: One of my if we oh. go for this, mm-hmm. I'll add on to this one more mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Is pay-to-play games. Mm. Yes. Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. I love the original Killer Instinct one that came out on the original arcade and then they re-released it for Xbox One. But you got to pay, like, what, five bucks for each character?
0: Depending on how you go and purchase it, you can also buy the season passes. But you know what? That's something that does go and drive me a little bit nuts are these games that have started coming out with season passes that don't actually tell you what's in them. Mm. Um, It's like... Hey, we want you to just go and buy into the season pass. It'll be less expensive than going and buying each installment individually. And it's like, well, what's going to be in it? You don't to get to find out that, or you don't get to find that out now.
4: Nope. Um, well, that's another thing is like, yeah, they're announcing season passes when the game launches. And like, yeah. DLC is supposed to be uh, keeping a game active and live. Because like, when you play a game, you play the experience of it and it lasts, uh, let's say, three months. And that's how long you play a game. And then after three months, there's supposed to be, like, DLC comes out, and then that revitalizes the game, so you come back and play it again with the new DLC. Normally, it's, like, if it's done well, like the way Fallout does it, where it's, like, a whole new map area or whole new features that you want to use or new quests, then, uh, because, like, Fallout 3 has had tons of great DLC. Mm-hmm. that revitalize the game you can go back and you can play something completely new that you haven't played in a while and that's that's a good way of how DLC does work it, where it keeps your games gives them a longer shelf life I guess like it keeps them active, you can go back to them you can play them again uh, but then you do have the other games like you have your CODs that have DLC like what was it the last COD that comes out or the second last COD that came out had like a season pass that already cost as much as the game that you just bought oh. and it's just it's just going to be more maps and guns and skins and stuff and it's I don't know, they already planned to make all this DLC ahead of time and they're just going to s- s- cut it up and separate it and uh, I think another thing that gets people really mad is when the data is already on the discs themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Basically, you're not paying to download something; you're paying to unlock something that's already on your disk that they shipped with you. So, yeah, yeah. that's
0: that that's definitely a rough one. And there's some cases that I'll defend a little bit, um, but generally speaking, yeah, I, I find that to be kind of a uh, dishonest move in the first place. Like, I, and I'm one of the few people that feels this way. You guys might not agree with this, but like when Mass Effect Three came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every one of the copies that went and shipped went and ha- or shipped went and had. I'm trying to remember what was the name of that DLC. That was the uh, was that from
2: Ashes? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that game shipped with every copy of the game, but you either had to go and buy in to go and get it, or if you went and purchased the limited edition version, which they actually printed more copies of than the regular edition mm-hmm. of the game it came along with it for free as well as a bunch of extra content for multiplayer on there. That's just lame. Yeah, well, and I I don't know, that one I kind of understand because it was really content that was uh, supposed to be first for uh, people that went and bought the limited edition on there to get the full depth of the story mode out of it. Um, and I can understand why you'd want to go and cut down on production cost on there and just have one disc format that gets released. I, I do kind of understand that with the way that they marketed that feature and all. Because uh, it's seriously only like 10 bucks more for the limited edition on there uh, to go and get all the extra content. And the DLC was like 15 bucks or something like that. So it's like... Why would you not just get the limited edition? It's not like they were in short supply in the stores. A situation like that, I understand. But then some of the stuff, uh, and I love the game, but Sunset Overdrive, uh, with the exception of the story missions, all of the extra DLC content that was available day one, whether you went and got the day one edition or if you went and got the normal edition of the game... It was all there on the disc and it's just like it's just different weapon skins. That's all this is. Why why would I buy the season pass for this? I have no idea what any of the story expansions are going to be. Uh and most of the content that was on there was just reskins of material.
2: I mm-hmm. that stuff drives me nuts.
1: Yeah. Going it always kind of
2: Yeah. Going back to Dark Souls again. Mm-hmm. They straight up tell you what the two expansions are going to be yeah no that that's doing it right right
0: there or uh like um the witcher with the blood and wine dlc i mean we knew that that thing existed they didn't tell us what the name of it was but we knew what that content was going to be they were very upfront like, about
1: that yeah thing. they literally said is like we're adding four hours to eat of uh, almost four hours or more to each story they named like, all three
2: of the expansions and they said we're also going to have optional 16 customizables
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's just that a lot of people just don't get that, or like, I know a lot of people. But the one thing that always will annoy me is DLC like that is announced day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and and, like that's the thing that annoys me. I'm like, I can completely understand. I was like, oh, after like a couple months, I was like. Oh yeah, we're working on the next installment of this of this story. We're adding and we're increasing the level cap up to this or whatever. Like I'm using Witcher again as an example, but just like after you've already finished the game, you can keep going.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, breathe awesome. new life into it. That's the way a DLC is supposed to yeah. work. Where it's like um, your game.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, but then you then you have the other game where the AAA businesses go, oh, people pay extra for extra stuff. Well, why don't we just cut everything up and have a whole bunch of other extra stuff that people will pay for that Throwing comes up the same day, too. so people can buy that as well. And it's just more money for them. So
1: exactly, like for me personally, um, like I can understand. I was like, oh, I get the, I bought the deluxe edition for this game, so that means I can. Do, there's these two extra missions that I can do. Sweet. And maybe you'll get, you'll like. For example, I'll use um, Assassin's Creed um, uh, Paris. What are, what was the fucking name of it? Um, oh gosh, Unity. Unity, yeah. Assassin's Creed. Like Assassin's Creed Unity, there was a couple extra things in that game where they added. Someone's breathing into their mic again. That's Joyce. Um,
3: yeah, that's Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, but no,
1: they um like they for example they added like an extra mission or two that you could do, and they were kind of off to the side, and, and they came with the collector's edition. Um, I think you could also get them if you if you were uh Ubisoft Club member. Yeah, which is like,
2: get that. What thing Where you paid Ubi points,
1: <laughs> but you but you got those by getting achieved, by co- completing games.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: you didn't pay for the points. No, but but that was just it though. It's just that like that made sense. It's like oh, and then I I looked a little bit a while ago and um, they finally added those in those in as like rewards or extra stuff that you can get for free. Mm-hmm. Like that's proper DLC right there. Yeah. Well, Assassin's Creed also had the actual other
4: DLC. Like they had the uh um Jack the Ripper DLC. Yeah. Um
1: that was from Redemption, yeah. Uh
4: God, what did what did Unity have? Unity Jack you... uh
1: Jack they had Jack the Ripper and they had uh, oh, The Last Mothraja.
4: Oh yeah. And then uh, they Jeff had Finch. like the uh George Washington one in 3. Yep. Um so I, don't know. I still yeah. haven't played that. so they have they've they've added like that's that's a good way of doing it where it like adds a whole story arc to it.
1: yeah and, like for like the Jack the Ripper takes place twenty five years after twenty years after the original uh-huh. So yeah I don't know. and I
0: think I think that that's a good way of going and doing it. Um, I'm just trying to think of bad examples of going and doing DLC and I know John and I both really love the game but I think we have differing opinions on the DLC for it. Um, Dead Space 3 that one had a great finale in the game itself it was really satisfying and then once again pretty well available like day
2: one they go and have, oh, hey, and here's the real ending that you have to go and pay 20 bucks for. Yeah, and that was not worth 20 bucks. Yeah. You could finish that campaign in two hours. Yeah. Even an hour. I did an hour and a half. Yeah. Or, or what about uh, Destiny?
1: You oh know? god.
2: <laughs> I'm really hoping this next thing being out on to Destiny is good. Yeah. Yes, the the, the disappointing
0: uh, dark below. Where I'm, I'm still waiting for a refund from uh, Activision and Bungie.
2: What I want to know is why. Never mind, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I don't have the, I don't yeah. have the energy for it. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> but, but
0: let's not go into our issues with Destiny and its a horrible expansion packs. i
1: I did. I, enjoy, I will thing. say, I did enjoy Destiny when I was playing with friends.
2: Destiny is a great friend game. Yeah. Friendships are made and broken in that game.
1: And then remade again. I need to I need to play that game more. Anyway.
2: <clears throat> one of the... Um, there's this really cool... And I'm going to go back to Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we surprised by <laughs> it? Is anybody? No, nobody? <laughs> so, every single one of the DLCs that have been introduced for Dark Souls 1 and 2 has built upon the lore which already was set in the world. And that's what was cool about it. So you kind of had an idea of what was going on in these uh, I- lore's, but then the DLCs completely change it. They give you a different way of looking at it because the whole cool thing about Dark Souls is it's all about interpretation. It's what you think it is. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the best DLCs was actually for um, Dark Souls Two, and it was the Crowns of the take the Crowns of the um, I forget it's like the the Lost Crowns or something like that. And the DLC essentially made it so you could go on these side journeys to correct these crowns, and then you reforge them together, and your character punts on the crown, and you no longer turn on dead. Ah. But then the crown, but then you got to ask yourself, am I really alive? Or is this just an appearance? What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be hollow? It's just an interesting concept to look at things.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. the whole point of. Dark Souls is you're ushering in the new era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, that sounds like a good example of DLC, though, because unlike the Dead Space 3 ending, that's going and just changing the perspective of what you've already played, going and adding something to it in that way. Yeah, That's something I don't mind going and paying money for if I go and get a satisfaction out of it at the end of it.
2: In each one of those DLCs, I think you could buy all three of them together for, like, Thirty dollars, but each one you could buy separate, and it added like four hours to each campaign. Mm-hmm. And really, some of the hardest bosses actually were in those DLCs. A mm-hmm. uh, fan favorite from the first game was Atorius, the Abyss Walker. Mm-hmm. If anyone who's familiar with Dark Souls, one of the DLCs introduced was you fighting the Wolf Seath, mm-hmm. and that was just a really cool level because this wolf uh, just picks up a giant greatsword, and you got to fight it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's once again, example of good DLC. I I don't know, I, I... <laughs> This is a really hard topic to go and talk about because there's things I love about DLC and being able to revitalize a game, but there's also things about it that I just absolutely hate because it feels like
1: we're paying for content that should already be there. I agree with you. The fact that there is like some awesome DLC that comes out like two, three months after the initial game, and it continues the story, or it makes your second playthrough even better. But, okay. <clears throat> but then there's the the DLC that just like why? What's the point of this?
2: Yeah, that is true. Well,
1: I
0: guess here's the question, and I think it's something the I think that we as gamers need to start asking this question more because. <laughs> Right now, we are very much limited. Um, like I said, because of the cost of development for these games, in all honesty, we probably should be paying more for these things, just with the cost of development and all that. You know, some yeah. games excluded to this statement. Like I said, some of those AAA titles that go and rake in their entire production budget the first day the game comes out. Or half. But I guess, I guess the question is should we as consumers continue to go and pay for extra content at a DLC or should video game prices start to go and increase so that they're more proportional with what really the average cost of development versus payout needs to be.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, when they, when they were getting ready to go and release the uh, PS4, Xbox one, uh, even Amazon was going and using placeholders of a hundred dollars on their games. And a few people from Microsoft had said the only reason why they went back down to $60 was because Nintendo, when they were releasing the Wii U, said, we will not go and break a $60 price point. I guess we need to start asking ourselves, you know, do we pay more for the games in the first place? And, you know, hold the uh, developers to go and give us this level of content when the stuff comes out. I will go and say, Nintendo, to their credit has been really smart with games like Mario Maker or Splatoon with going and introducing free DLC content as the stuff's coming out. We're starting to see Capcom doing some of that, like with the new story mode they went and added to Street Fighter V that's available for free. Do we pay more for the games and get that stuff for free, or do we continue to pay for the DLC and have some selectiveness to what we want out of it? Mm-hmm. I, where do you guys
4: stand on that? I mean, what's, what approach do you think would be better? Um. Well, how I like how I think DLC should be done is like they make the game, they sell it for what it's worth, and then they start working on DLC for other stuff. Because when I think about DLCs, I think of things like Borderlands had a bunch of DLC that changed, added characters, changed stuff. Um, Civilization, in fact, uh, the DLC has changed that game dramatically from vanilla to what it is now from the huge DLC packs that they've come out with for Civilization V. Um, so, like, I played I played Civ V and trying to play... I can't play Vanilla anymore because they've added so many features with all the DLC that it's it's really making it worth it to play because they add things like tourism, spies, religion, and those things just weren't in it. And it's almost like um, it's almost like the way patches work now or or expansion or expansions were, the way expansions were with uh, old old computer games where you didn't buy DLC you bought an expansion pack so it was uh, like Age of Mythology you bought that game and then they had a uh, they had um, the Atlantis the Titan expansion which added Titans and a whole new race and a whole bunch of other stuff and. It just kind of changed names because it's easier to access nowadays, where you just download it now, opposed to going out and buying a partial game that you need another game already you own to have played this. Uh, That's so, I I'd like it. I like the way it originally should be done, where it's like they have the game, they put it out, and then they start working on DLC and tweak things the way they want to do it again after however so long and then those come out and then you buy that kind of expansion DLC to revitalize the game you have and then kind of do it that way where you pay for your game and then they come out with something that improves your game that it took them time to figure out how to do Not, not what they do now where they have the game and also have DLC alongside it because it's like, well, if you had that alongside, then that could have just been together. If you make the game, and then down the line you feel like, no, this game could be improved with certain things, put that in a DLC pack and then add it to that game. And then you can have your super game at the end of it. Um, and then what they do at like the very end, I guess, is they'll have like a game of the year or like a, a pack of the game sold with all the DLC, because it has changed it such to such extent that you can buy just buying the vanilla game or buying the game with all the DLC already installed on a disc together it's they're just two different experiences so mm-hmm. oh that's that's my thoughts mm-hmm. is no, that's that's cool like they had it right and then people started abusing it because mm-hmm. they just want to make more money mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, Joyce, you've been uh, you've been pretty quiet. You got any uh, any input on this?
3: Oh my gosh, I've been going back and forth in my head over the DLC stuff because <laughs> the amount of systems and gaming that goes on in this house is just insane. And uh, DLC, when you have to pay for a lot of DLC, it can make me broke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just. Uh, I, I played Battlefront for a while and they started coming out with their you know we had the season pass and it was one of those you know you don't know what you're going to get and you download the DLC and oh surprise it's supposed to be really cool I just remember being very disappointed and not knowing what I was going to get I, I thought oh you know Star Wars it's got to be you know cool very boring very vanilla I was just I was over it yeah, and um, oh, go ahead.
0: That 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 might be one of the greatest sins with you know especially with season passes and DLC. Um, I just remember I remember John ranting about this at one point. Um Batman Arkham Origins. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like hey, we're going to charge you almost as much as the game for the season pass and um we're not going to tell you exactly what's in it, but here you get 15 Batman outfits
2: and you get Duststroke. Yeah. Yeah. Which they just canned out for free right afterwards. Yeah. It's like, I was like, dear God.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's really frustrating when, you know, you, you do something like that, and they do that. They give you something, you know, in the game that you think is, oh, I, you know, and then later on you go back and, oh, here, let's give this as a bonus for free when you've, it's just so disappointing. And
1: mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. we did, we went through the whole, you know, we... We played Destiny and don't even get me started on Mass Effect. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Still upset
0: you had to buy that serverus network key and uh, Mass Effect 2?
3: Oh my God. Very <laughs> annoying. That's just, ah. <laughs> it's Servers. a big nightmare. And I'm still waiting Effect,
1: for Yeah, Mass Effect 3 was one of the main ones that I always heard people were bitching about. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, well, what made me so upset about that is, uh, I think they released the Citadel DLC just to make their fans happy. And it's, I, I was not, I was one of the people on the team of, you know, this is what, how the game was made when it came out. I, they ended it. I think they did it the right way. And granted, I, I enjoyed the Citadel DLC, but why couldn't you just leave it how it was? (laughs) I didn't need all that extra stuff to be happy. Huh? it's yeah. weird i'm 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 opposite of what probably ninety five percent of fans of the game say, and I'm fine with that i I don't I almost think sometimes that mm-hmm. companies just to appease their fans, to me, it was almost kind of like a sellout. Let's make everybody happy and you know give them what they want, versus, you know, this is the way we made it, and we're proud of what we made. So. Mm-hmm. The and then last. don't even get me going on Destiny. I'm still waiting for, you know, what I paid for to show up.
2: Moth people! Give me <laughs> moth people!
3: No, yes, I where's the moth people?
2: people have, uh, center stage, because they're the more interesting species. No, dude. Moth people. That's what we need in Destiny. Give me the freaking moth people. Screw moth people. We have space apes already. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny ruins friendships. That's all I got to say here. Then reforges them.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I have yet to passed. reforge friendships on, on a couple of raids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the is last. there any... Oh, do uh, we have any... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking about season passes. The last season
2: pass I ever purchased was for The Witcher Free,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And the only reason I bought that was because the company came out and said everything that was going to be in it.
1: Yeah. The last, yeah, I think well the last uh, season pass I had literally came with my deluxe edition of Assassin's Creed, uh, of, the, of the last game of Assassin's Creed. So. Mm-hmm. Well, then. Yay. Do totally we have got anything else to go season, and say? Yes.
2: Any closing thoughts, Cole? Mm,
1: no, not really. Just thank you for another awesome season.
2: Yep. thanks for huh. having me on the podcast again. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely.
2: Yeah, well, it looks you like we signed the going...
1: blood contract. We, we can call it
2: yeah. <laughs> blood contract. So this became bloodborne. <laughs> Pretty much, because I've already signed a contract and that didn't exactly go too well. Mm. Yeah, well, that was your mistake for letting them drain all your blood. So they don't you know. drain your blood; they give you blood. Yeah, you see, that's not any better. And then you just you become a, like a baby slug and you uh, transcend humanity. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but. Kind of happens.
3: Oh my goodness!
0: I am even more confused right now than my first time watching Evangelion. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that confused you too. I'm glad I wasn't the only one.
0: <laughs> I I gotta be honest, I really wasn't that much. It was the end of Evangelion movie that went and threw me off track a I little bit. I had to watch Jesus. that twice before I got it right. Damn,
2: Jesus! This is not Man of Steel. Shut up! <laughs> that to happened towards the end with <laughs> Ben
0: <laughs> Not gonna lie about that, but thank you, John the Mega McHugh for going and showing up. What up? Yeah <laughs> I'm off to save more people. <laughs> <laughs> and he just broke a window. Thanks. thank you so much. All right, and Joyce, you were great looking forward to going and uh, seeing the first episode of Cosplay Mom coming soon to a uh, soccer Rangers YouTube channel near you. Uh, did you enjoy yourself tonight?
3: I did very much so. It's I was kinda quiet, but I was just kinda taking it all in and doing mm-hmm. some quick research and stuff at the same time. Yeah. Um but yeah. Would it, you like to come fun. back again? Oh, definitely.
1: Add it to the blood contract.
3: Oh there we boy. Go. Another blood contract.
1: <laughs> yep. I already this have a contract.
3: Long... Hey, at <laughs> least this you is don't... just
1: one big long contract that we just keep adding names to.
3: Nice. At least I've already contracted out the firstborn, so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: This would explain a few things here.
3: Yep. Probably her teenage angst. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, That's going to be something to go and talk about later. But anyway, we just want to go and say thank you, everybody, for going and sticking with us through season two. There's been a lot of ups and downs. We're still figuring out exactly where we want to go and be and we just want to thank all of you for sticking through with us for all of your feedback for some of the great puns that you've sent us uh for tyler to go and read we're going to be doing more of that in season three we're going and working on some redesigns of both our show formatting as well as content overall <laughs> just thank you all so much for For joining us this really has been a great experience we're more than six months into this process and we're just we're having the time of our lives and it's all for you guys we really do appreciate everything you do for us
1: and we're gonna keep on going
0: yep exactly and on that note here comes the spiel here comes the shtick here comes the script make sure you check us out on itunes and help us out by giving us a five-star review make sure you go and check us out on soundcloud as well we are on youtube where you'll be able to see cosplay mom and other multimedia projects that we're coming up with we are also on twitter at Soccer Arrangers. And don't forget our email, Podcast at gmail.com. We got a lot more ideas coming. I told you all about that. We can't wait for you guys to experience it all. And we hope you'll join us for all that. And of course, we are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast, updating every Monday more consistently in season three. I've even reworked my days off to make sure that it gets uploaded properly on there. So, thank you so much. This is the end of season two. We'll be back in three weeks, and just, we love you guys. We really do. Um, I don't have a zombie band to go and cue on the way out, so make them a cue! Start playing that music! Bye! Bye!
2: Bye! Bye.